This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Help me appreciate the choir one more time. Glory to God. Let's read a portion of the Bible this morning. Before we take our seat, mm. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Now you will need to again follow first service to know where we are coming from. 2 Corinthians, not 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Amen. Hold your Bible, your hand, and let's read. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry may not be blamed. So there is a way that you can cause the ministry to be blamed. Hallelujah. So there is a way a choir member can come up and appear that the ministry can be blamed. There is a way a pastor will conduct himself and the ministry will be blamed. There is a way a Christian, so the Bible says, give no offense. And we started by saying for service that, what we've been saying is a twofold thing, talking about Satan's weapon of mass destruction, that number one, on, the, on one side, you must not give in to offense. You must not get offended. But then we are looking at the other side of it this morning, you must also not cause offense. Hallelujah. One of the greatest sins in the Bible that many Christians are not aware of is not fornication. Fornication is wrong. It's a sin. The Bible talks about Galatians chapter 5. No doubt about that. But that is not the greatest sin. Believers sin against one another every day. But they are conscious of immorality, stealing, and lying. But you can kill with your tongue. Are we alive this morning? God bless you. Have your seats. Amen. And Jesus is grieved when we keep sinning. So when you sin against the brethren, there is a way a believer can sin against God. But there is a way you can sin against God by sinning against the brethren. Jesus did not say to Paul when he appeared to him on the road to Damascus, that why are you persecuting my people? He said, so, so, why are you persecuting me? I said this second part I want to talk about sinning against the body of Christ. So first service I spoke against sinning against individual Christians. And Jesus said, if you cause any little one to stumble. Matthew 8, 6 and 7. Let's read again. I want us to read. And then we read 1 Corinthians 10, verse 32. Or 31. Verse Matthew, and saying, Lord. Matthew, sorry, 18. Let's say Open. Are, we, are you with me? Praise the Lord. I want to say 18, sorry. Matthew 18. Thank you. 7 and 8. Let's read and look at this together. 
this is very important. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must need be that offenses come. In other words, it's unavoidable. In this world, people will offend you. But the Bible says, woe unto that man by whom offense comes. This is Jesus talking. Luke 17, 1. Jesus said that woe unto the world. The problem, the woes in the world are triggered by offenses. Jesus said offenses will surely come. But woe unto that man. Whatever service. Then he said to disciples, again, it is impossible but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. I, you know, for conference, thank God for Nathaniel Bassi, Pastor Nathaniel, Dulce, Victor Renze, Joe Praise, all of them. Nobody among them ever asked this church that before coming, you give us this amount. They don't. Dr. Panam, none of them. But I know gospel singer. When you invite them, they begin to charge and you pay ahead of time. Now, the reason, I don't believe in that. But the problem also, I always look at two sides of, of, of the equation. Some have been invited by, I think it was a person that shared the story with me, of a, a pastor that took them to one of the African countries. He got to the crusade, he used them to gather crowd, began to raise money. And when the meeting ended, he did not pay for the hotel bill. The hotel people seized their bags. And then no flight ticket bag. Yes. Have you met Christians before we borrow? And as soon as they borrow, you give them the money, the phone is not going on again. Going through again. The, the line. You see, what you are doing. <laughs> now, it's a two-way thing. If a singer now says because you'll be maltreated somewhere, any other place you are going to, I'm going to charge. I'm going to be sure. I don't believe that is an LD practice for the gospel. You will be held responsible for charging for the gospel. But then, those who got you to that corner also, Jesus will charge them also. I get what I'm saying. When a person comes to church and you offend the person, you hurt them, you gossip about them and they leave. They will forsake their relationship with the master. They can enter into bitterness. And bitterness will pollute them. But then the people that push them to that corner also, whether the pastor or the leader that push them also, will not go scot-free. I get what I'm saying. So the Bible says that there must be offensive. But what unto him? So for service, I dwell more on believers should stop hurting one another. See, Christianity confirms your responsibility to guide your words carefully. You can't talk anyhow. There are people who will never go to church again today because certain brethren around them. Now, there are those. It's something else. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of many things. If, for instance, we appoint a leader and somebody is not appointed and it's not commission, that's your own cup of tea. God doesn't look at that one. Or somebody tells you the truth and you're angry and you walk away. It, that's up to you. But if people are wounded, somebody tells somebody something in confidence in church, and then you are spreading around everybody, and the person can't talk anymore. Now you are responsible for that person's inability to trust another person again. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Glory to God. So many Christians have given wrong impression of Christianity in their place of work. But I'm talking more about brother to brother in the church. Jesus dwelt a lot on that to the point that he said that if you have a seed, you want to give an offering, you want to give, you want to give whatever, if you have a problem with your brother. See, forget fornication and the rest. Many of us are above that. Thank God. If you are not, you need to repair and let know. But what about sins that brothers commit against brother? Hallelujah. And they grieve God. And there is a reason why people do that. And it's because of the second thing, what I'm about to share now. Because you don't understand the body of Christ. And how the body of Christ functions. You don't understand the body of Christ. Jesus paid for this body with his blood. Let me start with the example I gave for service. This is why you can't even condemn anybody. Because they all belong to the master. The Bible says to his own master he stands or he falls. I get what I'm saying. So I said maybe in the film Gladiator when the slave trainer was training the slave and one slave was not corporate and wanted to kill the slave and the owner called him and no, I bought that slave with my money. Don't touch my slave again. Don't kill any one of them. And I remember in Apocalypse also, as they were moving around the cliff and one of the slaves, his neck was hooked and there was this wicked one among them. They just caught the rope and the guy fell off. And the head of the squad came and he counted. He said one is missing. So he asked God what happened. He said I let him go. He removed his belt. He removed his and he brought out his knife and he faced the guy. He said do you want me to kill you also? So when he got the guy was then he said don't let another fall off again. Otherwise maybe you follow. Don't let. He said don't let anyone off again. People bought with money. How much are people bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Let no Christian walk away from God because of your attitude. If you don't intend it, somebody is having a problem with you and you are not the cause of the problem, no problem about that. But if you take steps that are hurting other people, that's why I started saying that these cells that we are starting all over Lagos, it is none of your business when you go to people's house and you see things. You might see a believer who is still taking a call. You see a believer who is cohabiting with somebody. It's, that's not what you are there for. If at all you want to share the word, tell the person that ah, the Bible forbids this. But you are not supposed to leave that house and start telling somebody that, you know that brother in church, that brother, that brother with black head. And you start talking. Ah, when I open the freezer like this, like vodka here, this one here, that one here. Mm. Say mm. Are you hearing me? Somebody might have been born again and he has not allowed the light to penetrate to the point of dropping those things. Maybe if he listens to one or two messages more, he will drop them. But you have sent him away from church. This is happening everywhere. This is why some people don't trust people. You see, for Christianity to function the way it should, we must trust one another. Yes. I must have some of you that I can share anything with and not be ashamed. That was why God created Adam and Eve to be naked. We are not supposed to move our clothes in church. But you see, it's a parable. Old Testament was shadow. It means that in Christ, there must be transparency. First John chapter 1. 
Let's start from verse 7. And then we go into talking about understanding the church. And there are some scriptures that when you read them, you tremble. Now, not this word, look at, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we'll become transparent. Then we can truly fellowship with one another. It's then that the blood of Jesus Christ is so cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship has power to purify a saint. If it is done in light and it's not, nothing is hiding anywhere, a believer should be able to tell other believers when you do something wrong. See, I just blew it. I'm sorry. And they pray with you and nobody looks at you in that light again after praying. But is it so right now? Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Light. There are scriptures that when we read them, 1 Corinthians 11, one of such scriptures, is it now 15 or 25? Let's start from 25. 1 Corinthians 11, 25. I want to show you something very powerful today, which is linked to what we, what we started with. After this manner, this same manner, also he took cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament, my blood. This do ye as often as you drink this in remembrance of me. Next verse. For as often as you eat this bread, it's beyond the physical bread we share in communion. The most important thing about this verse is communion, fellowship among brethren. As often as we fellowship, you show the Lord's death till he come. Next verse. This is huge. Whosoever, whereforesoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. Next verse. Let a man examine himself, so let him eat and drink of that cup. Next verse. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Look at the next verse. For this cause, oh, shh, many are weak and sickly among you, and many have even died. We go to Acts chapter 5 to see an example of the one that died among them and what caused the death. Our people don't understand when they come to Christianity what you have come into. Christianity is deeper than any cult on earth. We are running on someone's blood, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul began to can you imagine they didn't die because of Satan? Paul said that many of you are sick and weak. And he said, Many are foreigners, some have died. He said, not discerning, not understanding the body. The first thing I want to point out there, you know, why growing up, some people will say that I've done something wrong, I cannot take communion. That's not exactly what he's talking about. The unworthy there is not about an unworthy person, it's about an unworthy manner. Did you get that? It's not so much of the man drinking it, it's more of how he is drinking it. Hi. So any Christian can take communion. Even someone has done something wrong. What Paul was stressing there is not the man taking it. It's how the man is taking it. Did you get what I've just said now? Are you with me? 
So it's not about what is being taken. It's about how it is being taken. In other words, it's not about bread, actually. We take bread to represent something deeper than bread. What the Bible is actually talking about is that. So that was why Paul ended by saying, that was you know, talking about the, the man. He was talking about the manner which which the man is taking it. He said, not discerning the body. That means what makes it, what qualifies, uh, how you can say that a man is taking it unworthy, worldly is that the unworthy part of it is because the man taking it lacks a knowledge of something, and that is he does not understand the body. And Paul says that when you fellowship with the body and you don't understand the body, many will be weak, many will be sick, and many will fall asleep. Reverend Joe told me, which I've said before when he came, there is a particular man of God very popular in this country that he used to be very close to. And he said every single time they met, they would talk about other pastors, everybody, and he would go home sick. He said one day God told him that break this thing and move away. Every now and then, he told me. For this cause, many are weak. Not discerning the body. Acts chapter 5. How deep is this? Every one of you know the story of Anna and Sapphira. Do you know it was their money? It was their land they sold. See, the anointing in the church in Jerusalem was very high. And what happened was that these guys were trying to introduce darkness into the church. Not in the kind of occultic manner they were doing cover-up. They sold for much. Nobody asked them to sell their land. Then they brought a part of the money, pretending as if they brought the old money. Listen to me. We cannot fellowship as we should if we are hiding from one another. This is the number one reason why prayer of agreement does not work so much among church folks. As a matter of fact, I want you to be careful in praying with you. Because his lips might be with you and his heart is far from you. You might be praying with a sister about your marriage and she said that, Lord, only that let me marry before her. Sometimes what is inside people that you cannot see. Hallelujah. He said, not discerning the body. So they brought this thing and Peter said that, did you sell for much and they said yes. Ah, he said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? And the guy died. Then the wife came in after that, and she followed, and she died. What they did was a sin against the body. And many people still do that with your words today, and with things that people do. The body of Christ is strong. If you are rightly connected to other Christians the way you should, all of them share your body and the power of God rests on you. When Paul saw it, he said, if one member is weak, everybody is weak. He said, if one member is honored, all the rest of the body, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, everybody is honored. One of the things you need, remember, see, the case of the body, it's like the case of where Moses went to fight. It will let you understand what kind of place you have come to. So there was a war against the Amalekites. And Moses told Joshua to go and fight. And Moses climbed the mountain. These things, they touch me every now and then. Certain things that shouldn't have happened. 
if you understand the power that God has given to man, before I go further on this one, it will shock you how you relate. Recognize authority. Now, if there is a friend in your life, a friend in your life that is there by divine arrangement, hold on to such and build that right that friendship correctly. I, as a leader, I understand the fact that you will always have four types of people around you. There were the four people around David. You always have Aitofel. You always have Joab, commander-in-chief. You will always have Absalom, your own son that will betray, and you always have Nathan. Nathan is that guy who will tell you the truth, but Nathan will never discuss you behind you. But if there is anything, Nathan will tell you to your face. He will say with honor and dignity, but he will never share with any other person. You need Nathan at all times around you, especially if you're a leader. But leaders don't like Nathan. Nathan was one that came to David and said, that thou art the man. He won it. And David said, I'm sorry. Joab, now Absalom wants what you have. Absalom wants to sit on the seat that is, and he will not stop at anything. And Absalom is always very charming. And human beings are very funny. They will abandon you for Absalom in no time. Yes. He shocked David when the Holy Spirit turned after Absalom. Right before his eyes. Aitofel was David's counselor. David had offended Aitofel before. When I talk about offense, Aitofel is that person that is, you've done something knowingly or unknowingly, he's angry with you, but he's quiet and he's around you. Aitofel will never show his anger openly and he will never leave you. But every day, scheming about the day will get you. The day he finds somebody who is strong enough and is against you, he will join the puzzle to reinforce that power. That's Aitofel. You can say it over 10 times in a day and never know that he has anything against you. He doesn't show it on his face. He doesn't show it. He's waiting for the right opportunity. <laughs> Joab is not interested in what you have. Joab wants to be there, but Joab wants to have the final say. Yeah. I've, I've not seen many of these things here, and I thank God, and I pray we don't see them here. But I've, I've read and I've read churches. Job can be that industrious person, that businessman. He comes, he helps the church. He builds departments, he trains people, he, he gives, and he, after a while, he wants to be controlling the direction the church is going. He does not want to be the pastor. But they can say something on pulpit and he will just say, no, 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 no. When he gets to committee, he tell no, no, what that pastor said, no, that's not what we are doing, this is what we are doing. And because he has money and influence, some will follow him. At a point, Joab became too powerful for David. That he was making David cry every now and then. David said that Absalom, my son, has sinned. When they were going to confront Absalom, David called them and all other soldiers were hearing. And he said to Joab, please, Absalom is a young rebel. Deal kindly with him for my sake. Arrest him and bring him here. Job said, I've heard. <laughs> but Job had made up his mind. Now, interestingly, Job and Absalom were paradise before. What pain Job was that Absalom did not include him in the coup against his father. You see, those who sin with you will always sin against you eventually. If what is making you close to somebody is because of people you're talking about, it's just a matter of time. Because people don't understand all these things. The same way if you are bitter, those who give you listening as you are pouring out your bitterness, and you are talking, they did this to me, and I did that, they are very wicked. It's just a matter of time. Your friendship is not built on truth or values. 
is built on sentiment, emotionalism, and anger. It will destroy the two of you at the end. By the time you show each other, only God will settle to the fight. So, Joab was already angry. And Absalom was angry. He was riding a mule. He was a very silly boy. He was butter. He was brought up in the palace with, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> biscuit and, and butter and all those things. He should have fought the battle in town. He was never in the wilderness all his life. He was born in town. He was a big boy in town. But David and his men were in that wilderness for 13 years before he became king. And he went to fight them there. A fool. Don't fight from your position of weakness. Simple wisdom. All warriors know that one. That's how they try to take the heights. Yes. Are you following me? Glory to God. <laughs> Aye. Are you following me? Naturally, if you are fighting, if you are riding a horse, you have advantage over a soldier that is standing. Even your horse can step on him. And if you are coming from up there, those who are taking you from the valley must have extra skill, otherwise they have an advantage. And as he was riding the mole, he had a very, uh, very long ear, thick, and the hair got, he got caught on a tree, and the mole left him, and he was dangling. And the soldier saw him and told Joab that, I saw Absalom hanging. That means we can just bring him down and take him to his father. But Joab said that you saw him and you didn't kill him. And that young soldier said that, sir, all of us heard when the king told you. When a leader gives an instruction and somebody gives another instruction, don't follow that kind of person. Some Christians don't know all these things. They said that, sir, but we heard the king said that you should bring the boy alive. Joab said that, nonsense, you are wasting my time. And he went there, he saw Absalom. So, <laughs> oh boy, that's where you are. And the Bible says he brought out small arrow darts and he pulled like six or so in his hands. And the guy was still alive, or blood coming down, and he told soldiers around they waste the idiot and he threw him inside a ditch. And when he got back, a soldier force arrived. David sat out and said, he wouldn't follow them to face his own son. And David was curious. When the first soldier showed, he said, what happened? How did the battle go? He said, may your enemies look like Absalom. <laughs> that one didn't know what he was saying. And the king began to cry. David was such a great man. You know what he said? He said, how I wish I died instead of you. And he meant it. What a leader. A true that does not shift blame, he accepts responsibility. He said, wow. And then, ah, God, what a man. And David began to cry. And Joab came. He said, so you are crying. He said, so what you are saying now is that if all of us had died and Absalom had won the war, that's what will make you happy. He said, you know what, if you don't stop crying now, I will withdraw the soldiers looking after you tonight, and you'll be alone. And he used one word. He said, your life will be more miserable than all the past sorrows that you have experienced. He said, now, get up, wipe your eyes, and address the people. Otherwise, I will show you tonight. And David got up. He addressed the people. And Joab thought he had won. But when David wanted to die, he called Solomon. <laughs> See, elders always be elders. They said, come. He said, two, two men, two men. He said, there's one called Shemi. When I was running away from your brother, Shemi was throwing dust at me and cursing me. He called me a dead dog. He said, but when I made it back to the palace, 
Shemel came to apologize. Oh, yeah, now Satan, I'm sorry. And David said that you are forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> to apologize later. David, David said, Solomon, if at all you don't do anything, don't let these two guys die peacefully. And that was it. Hallelujah. Some battles, David must not fight. You must leave it to your Solomon. I speak in parable. Are you following me? Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to stop here. I'm saying, discerning the body. One day we'll talk about the body of Christ. If we get this right, if something is going to happen to you, you cannot guarantee that you will pray every time the Holy Spirit tells you to pray. Not even me, not anybody. At times, you are so weak, you don't even respond to what the Lord is saying. But if you are rightly connected, somebody else will pick that signal. That is God's plan. I want to say to the old church, if any believer dies while trying to give birth in hospital, or the baby dies, I want to, one day I'll be able to show you from the Bible, one watchman was sleeping somewhere. If any one of us gets into an accident, because sincerely speaking, when you are open, other brethren will cover you. This is the power of praying in tongues. I am thinking I'm praying in tongues for my pocket. I'm thinking I'm praying in tongues for the job I want. But once I start praying in tongues, God can use that language to make up for any other Christian. That's the Bible said that we know not how to pray or what to pray as we ought. So you are praying in tongues. Oh God, oh God, oh Lord, I need a house now. Rico, Sindaya. The only time you talk about house was when you said the house. The moment you switch to tongues, you are praying for another Christian who is in a sudden and emergency situation. All of a sudden, surrounded by bandits. But as you begin to pray, one of the bandits looks at the person and says, I leave this one. Now, you don't understand the intricacies of these things. Believe me sincerely, the prayers of the saints, they are powerful. And the more pray, people pray for you, the better it is with you. But not in hypocrisy and not in pretense, but people who are truly with you spiritually. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I was talking to Brother Mola and his wife. People blame church, we are we get to another People blame church for just about anything and everything. Yeah. Just before I came up, I just picked up my phone to check. And then I just saw one post that somebody put very powerful post. That people don't ridicule you. They don't talk about national development when they see people at Pierre Palo. The only time they talk about people wasting time or building nation when they see us in church. Every other place. On my way to my house, there is a bear pile there. Till 1 a.m., they block the old road. Nobody has ever complained. But when it's a church, I have never seen anybody who wrote an article on Facebook saying that all those boys sitting on the street wasting their time is not building the nation. It is when we come to worship God that we are wasting, and it's affecting some Christians. Who oh, we are so able to think straight? I have seen on Facebook them applauding a man for buying a brand new car for a side chick. But when the Christian gives two million in the church, they say he's giving it to pastor and wasting his money. They even applaud those who give to campaign of an election is starting now. So we put money down. I have not seen a person writing against them. But they, they write. They may feel like if we don't let anybody rob you of your passion. Everybody's using their passion one way or the other. 
when it comes to God, somebody told somebody that he has never given an offering less than 50,000. And the pastor at the college, thank God, he just told the pastor that, but you went to so-and-so's concert in UK and you paid two million to enter. He just kept quiet. You didn't see anything wrong with that. But when it comes to God, it is the spirit of Judas. As we were pouring that oil on Jesus, then Judas remembered the poor. He said they should have sold this oil and they should have given it to the poor. People drive past a very beautiful hotel, they commend them. They drive past a very beautiful office, they commend them. They drive past a very beautiful say, is it not to worship God? Why are they building cathedral? They should have given to the poor. That's why they put it. Even the one who has never given one nana to the poor. Once he sees Christians do something, he will say the poor. You know, I've seen all sorts. At the former venue, when I told the election, they were laughing. As I've seen them, at the former venue, <laughs> one of our sisters here came for early morning prayer, and I think she mistakenly, I understand was at home, and she felt that somehow she had, the key was with her, and she came, and then she remembered she was about, their house was just somewhere very close to the church. And then the sister's friend, maybe start calling someone that, oh, they locked me in. She came 7 o'clock, she was going by around 7.40 or so. But she didn't even know, she just remembered, oh, I'm going home. And she had told someone in church that, oh, I love, ah, the kids may have to go. And the house was just about five minutes walk. And her sister's friend came, called the sister called down to the church, and the next she was going to say, you love your sister, what are they teaching you in this church, self? What has that got to do? Have you never forgotten a key before? Was well, that the way some people are? The one that I told her that was very funny. This one happened. I came out from my bed. No, we used back on the road. I came out of the church. And I saw a woman raking and ranting out there. And she came to knock our gates. The church. What was her problem? Our driver would take her children to school, passing through the church. And the driver and the housemaid would park somewhere. And they would get into me. And the housemaid got pregnant. And when she found the housemaid was pregnant, she was bitter. I said, where, where was he meeting with you? Where were you? And the husband said that, beside. <laughs> Imagine this as we are here now. They used to park somewhere at the corner there. And the woman said that, what kind of church is that? And nobody saw them. That they are coming. You know, I just passed by her. Because when I don't know what that, I've just entered the car. Believe me sincerely, that is the life. So I want to say, madam, that was all the conversation. They do pay us money to help you watch over your driver. I do understand your problem. But see, that is the way some people are. They blame, they look for somebody to blame once something goes wrong. So even if I, if, even if I was passing and I saw them, what, what, what would I have done? They were not on our property. They were not in our property. They were on government road. So like, girl, sorry, um, come, 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 come. Who is your mistress? And they come, madam, <laughs> they are doing it here. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's amazing how people view the church. But they are not my concern. You must understand, once somebody is elected to office and anointed, all things are passed away. You know, in the political world, you understand this. When President Yarabra was the president, all of them, and all of them were governors at the same time. The day he became president, nobody addressed him out of them anymore as one of them. It is not woman worship, it's not somebody's, it is. Why is that? It's difficult. When I was in UI, they were appointing somebody that said, Some other is common, I'm sorry, common among ladies. They want, they do, they feel someone that is not Sheyi. Yes, it's Sheyi. No 
combo leader will want people to, but see, in your wisdom, if you are wise, even a leader that is very simple, very simple, very gentle, honor and respect, it is true. The anointing flows from the top down. It does not flow to equal. It is true. It's not because any man is trying to, that's just the way it is. Is somebody with me? Yeah. There are people who come here to minister. I saw it during the conference that I know some of them that I'm four or five years older than. But does that matter? You must get to a point where the Spirit of God must remove all these things from your heart that you might be able to flow the way you should. What I shared this morning and now, I have shared it with the leaders before. One day when I was talking about people complying, somebody asked a very sincere question that we should also talk to leaders to mind. I do. When we have leaders with that, I tell the leaders, I like showing them that Acts chapter 20. The Bible said that Jesus made the overseers over the church that he purchased with his blood. Every now and then from secondary school till now, that scripture makes me tremble. All of you, the way I view you, you were bought by the blood. And the Lord is tough on the question he will ask me based on my relationship with anybody here. That's why we can't take advantage of any, of any man. When I share the word and people even reject it, I don't get angry or get beyond that. They are not my sheep. I am no sheep. I have no capacity for one. Jesus owns everybody. He just made me the pastor and I shall give account. Church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not discerning the body. Not discerning the body. Do you know the power that is in it when you pray with other Christians? But when it is done in sincerity. Not discerning the body. Number one, speak no evil against the body. Speak no evil against pillars of the body. Speak no evil against any other Christian, any other brethren. And the healing power and the grace, it will flow effortlessly. Effortlessly. It is true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Joshua's testimony is coming to my hand about how he got a job with the farm. That, uh, and the reason why it's coming is not for me to share it. It's coming because I just pass it right now. Sometimes you are talking about something that the Spirit of God is doing something else. I follow the testimonies that were read today and last week. There are four people in this service that this month of March is ordained for your elevation. And this is not ordinary. This is something huge. This is something huge. Yeah. During the week, one of the pastors, I don't put people on spot, somebody here was still telling me, they just moved out from her office now, and then she will be sitting, they just made that, maybe European head or whatever, and her office will be in UK from next month, she will be sitting from UK. These people are not looking for all these things, and it's amazing how things are happening. The body, and the first thing he said to me, now HOD can have a cell in my house in London once we move. And I said that, ah, very good. Don't tell me with good things. We will have self. <laughs> you know, it's very easy for God to promote when there's when self is out of the way. It is true. I am ending the mes message on offense this, this week 
another time we'll revisit because it has many tentacles to look into. But I'm saying to everybody, see, emotional people can't go far with God. Or those who are given to emotion. Sometimes you want to talk. Hold it back. Why are some people having problems in marriage also? If you always say things the way you feel it, you're going to say a lot of nonsense. And you will destroy things that you cannot rebuild again. This is why it is better at times when you're angry to walk away and not say anything. Must you talk? Must you respond to everybody saying something to you? Must you respond? Doesn't mean you are in bondage because you don't talk. Doesn't mean you are weak because you don't talk. No, it shows you are strong. It's not everything you respond to. Nobody can force you to say what you don't want to say. It's not necessary. Sometimes the wisest thing to do is just to keep, mouth, keep your mouth on some issues. Nobody can arm you. God is on your side. So you don't need to talk, to talk, to talk, to defend yourself so that they will know you are right. It's not necessary. I just checked and I found out there was no record that Joseph defended himself till he got to prison. He would have defended himself and defended himself against his own destiny. Yeah. It's not necessary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let me stop here. I want to move to something else, but I just remember that I'm still talking to the singles. Shall we all rise? Are we blessed this morning? This church, by the grace of God, will mirror these things. It will be a church where there is genuine love for one another. See, this is why if you are here and you use gimme to collect money from people, you tell five people, I don't have transport fee. <laughs> you are one of the people making it difficult for people. You know, some people still have the heart to help. But people have stolen their money, man, so it's difficult to want to help again. Even though a true saint will not stop because of some people. But you can make it difficult. There are some people who don't mind always borrowing people money. But some people have shown their pepe. Now it's so difficult. Now they now meet a person who is genuinely in need and who will genuinely return the money. But they cannot borrow because they have, they've had a very bad experience. I made that my long time ago. I don't borrow people money, I give. If you ask me for a certain amount, I'll give you what I have. Even though I won't tell you I'm giving you, but I already know in my heart that they will not return. So that I would, I do things in my life not to allow offenses. Yes. Some years ago, I think somebody told me I need this 400k. Not a member of the church anymore, but a fellow Christian. Now this one, that one, that one. So I did. And then the person started dodging me. I just said to myself one day, even though up to now I've not told him that, look, I did not borrow you, I gave you. If you had returned him, maybe I would have collected, maybe not, but. When I gave you in my mind, I just, I sowed the seed. Because 80% of those who will borrow money will not pay back. One of the questions they've not answered is, why are you borrowing? There are those who use money borrow to service money borrow. And the cycle continues. And they borrow again and then they use to service. You are saying that, you know, I will pay you and then you might mean what you are saying, but you have not looked at it deeply. 
Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know what is it about this week. I have taught you to always forgive. Make sure you have nothing against anybody. By the grace of God, you will experience God's blessing this week like no other time in the past. The Lord will lift you. Whatever was not working before this morning now begins to work. Your family is kept by the Spirit of God. In this nation, your influence will spread. The blessings of the land, they belong to you. You are divinely protected. I pray over this entire congregation this morning and those who are watching, promotions on every side. Divine help. Divine assistance. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Father. Give God praise, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.